Welcome to the Small Business Made Simple podcast where we believe a professional looking website helps you stand out online, it beats the competition, and it grows your business. I'm your host, Sam Moss. Hello everyone and welcome back once again to the podcast. It is good to be with you uh, today. So this this past weekend, my wife and I went up to Rochester, New York, um, probably about an hour and a half, two hour drive, and we, uh, we did a shoot up there over the past... A few months, my wife has been trying to get me to do more wedding photography with her. She uh, owns her own uh, photography business, and she really special specializes in the wedding photography. And uh, we went up there to do a shoot together. It was, it's called a styled shoot, which means a ton of vendors get together um, with models and things like that, and you shoot to kind of grow your portfolio and help with your skill. And uh, she goes, you need to practice your skills. So she wanted me to go. (laughs) She already knows how to do all this stuff, but she wanted me to, but it was a lot of fun. And, uh, for those of you who have not been to Rochester, there's lots of stuff to do up there. So if you're ever in upstate New York, for those of you listening who are out of state, um, there is stuff to do in the state of New York besides New York city. Um, believe it or not. And, uh, New York, New York city is not the only, um, city in New York, for those of you who don't know that. Um, (laughs) There's a lot more to this state than people seem to realize. But anyway, um, this week I have Mike Dawkey on the podcast, and Mike owns Red Hook Investments down in Tennessee. Now, what they do is they invest in poor performing businesses, and he helps them turn around. That's pretty incredible. And he talks about that on the podcast today. So he talks about what you can look for in a business, how to make sure your business is running right, um, how to turn your business around if things aren't going too well. He dives into all of that and even talks about some financial things and how you should be running your finances within your business. So he covers a lot of ground and this guy is a pro. I mean, he has turned around so many businesses, multi-million dollar businesses, and uh, this guy knows what he's talking about and he is going to help you with your business today. So without further ado, here is my talk with Mike Dalkey. Mike, it is so good to have you here on Small Business Made Simple. Uh, Thank you for joining me, my friend. Pleasure to be here and thanks for having me. Absolutely. So your business is Red Hook Investments. Can you share for a couple of minutes what got you started in really investing in other businesses? And uh, also take us back to how you started Red Hook. So the there's a long version and a short version. The shortest version is about seven, eight years ago, I bought a background check company with two partners that was in distress. And uh, shortly after that, we bought a home service company that was in distress. So we had done two turnarounds, our first two businesses ever. Um, we did not have a silver spoon. We did not have millions of dollars. Uh, we were just a bunch of kids really trying to play the game of business. And we parlayed uh, the uh, background check company into a sale 18 months later for way too much money. And we parlayed the window cleaning company from a $60,000 business into a $3.6 million business six years later. Wow. So after that business got rocking and rolling, we hired a CEO who was way smarter than me, way more efficient than me. (laughs) And I exited that business and focused more on continuing to do work in the turnaround space, but also investing in entrepreneurs who are stuck and just need some capital and strategy to get uh, moving. So Red Hook was uh, born out of uh, me leaving the business that I had grown to 3.6 million and wanting to do th- some things to make a huge impact on entrepreneurs and their business. 
That's really cool. I love it. And that segues right into what we're going to talk about today, which is really evaluating our own businesses to see if they're healthy. Um, maybe some of us already know that our business needs a lot of help. And that's what you're going to talk about today. So the first thing I want to ask is what are some key things to look at uh, when it comes to business and our businesses to tell if they are healthy right now? Yeah, so there's, uh, I think, two big warning signs that you can look for. And one is really easy to spot if you're doing the right things financially. And the other one is a lot harder. So the first one is the cost structure of your business. Mm-hmm. In the business that I've cut my teeth on window cleaning and pressure washing, we have some some data and some metrics that we know what our cost of goods sold should be what our operational expenses should be, what our admin expenses should be. So if we're staying with inside those percentages, for example, COGS should be around 40 to 45%. If we're staying our admin buckets between 10 and 15% that we're spending on our general office expenses, our office team, that sort of thing. If we stay within that cost structure, those various uh, budgets, if you will, we will be really, really successful and we'll be healthy. When we get involved in turnarounds, the financial thing we notice is people are growing, but they're not necessarily doing the most profitable activities. They're doing mm-hmm. lots of things to get the top line growth, but they're not focused on whether or not their business model and their cost structure is effective. So they have bleed in all of these areas where their costs get out of line with the size of their business because they're more focused on growth than they are anything else. The second one, and this isn't necessarily for that you can see on a P&L, Sam, but mm-hmm. it's the other real big one. It's when you have a blind spot with your ego. So as entrepreneurs and small business people, we, we would be crazy to think that we don't have egos and we don't have blind spots and to think that we're the smartest people in the world. So the other area that we see issues is while there's that growth happening, there's some blind spots. Mm-hmm. Usually... There's, uh, it's around cost structure again, or it's around strategic focus and we start doing a bunch of different things, or we don't realize that there's been a shift in the industry because we were successful at one time. We think we'll always be successful. And so our ego starts to get in the way and we start to have some blind spots related to that. So the two things from a business health standpoint to avoid getting, having to get a guy like me involved is make sure your cost structure always stays in line. And secondly, Make sure you're asking for advice from mentors and other people who can check your ego and check your blind spots and ask them, what don't I know? What blind spots may I have in making these decisions? And you'll you'll avoid needing a guy like me to jump in. Mm-hmm. So this might sound like a really broad question and you might not be able to answer it, but what is the best way for us to solidify that cost structure? I mean, there are many business owners listening. I'm sure there are some in the service industry. There are some in internet industry. There's a lot of different industries. What is the best way for us to learn about the cost structure of our business? And do you have any tips on solidifying that? Yeah. So the when we get involved in a turnaround, if it's a business that we don't know already. So mm-hmm. we've done turnarounds in software. We've done turnarounds in uh, lighting companies. We've done all sorts of various different turnarounds. If we get involved in a business that we don't know the cost structure, there's two ways that we solidify what it should be. The first is we try to find publicly traded companies that do relatively similar things. So in the internet space, you can look up 
Amazons and Googles and other software companies that are publicly traded. You can uh, look up um, various different companies like that. The second thing that we do, and all of those publicly traded companies have uh, their financial reports posted. You can access them. You can see. won't be perfect, but it'll give you some indication of where you should be. The second thing we do is we look for companies that are for sale in that same type of industry. So if we're talking about a lighting LED retrofit company, we're going to look for other lighting LED retrofit companies across the country that are for sale. First of all, it might be a great opportunity for us to combine and share some um, expenses and get some economies of scale. But also, if we look at enough of those companies, we will see kind of a best-in-class area on those expenses. So we'll know, wow, that company has a way lower cogs than me. I got to do something different. Or that that one, that company spends way less on marketing than me and they're growing faster. What are they doing different that I'm not? Those are the two uh, ways that you can do it if you don't know. The third way and the other one is just ask other people in your industry where they're at. And if they're willing to tell you, you're going to get a pretty good idea of your cost structure. Very cool. Um, I, how often should we be evaluating our business? So whether that's the cost structure, the blind spots, should that be a daily occurrence or once a month? What does that look like for you? Yeah. So we, the investments we made, we've got ownership in 18 different businesses and we tell them that they should do an exercise that we call reconnecting to the ideal every 90 days. So every quarter you take a look at your profit and loss statement. Based on quarter over quarter. So what'd you do this quarter compared to what you do last year in the same quarter? And then you look at year to date. How are we doing compared to last year, year to date? And you can see and start connecting that back to the ideal. So if you're doing that on a quarterly basis, so we've got some uh, processes that we use with our investor or the people we've invested in, you will make sure that you don't get out of line for that cost structure. Mm-hmm. Now, I have never bought a company or a business and invested in it and turned it around. Um, so this is going to be all you here when I ask this. When it comes to a business that is turned around, my assumption or that needs to be turned around, my assumption is you don't want to absolutely turn the finances like a 180 immediately because you'll just destroy it. Let's say you eliminate a ton of expenses, but some of them are needed and you might want to wean off of them. How and where is that throttle for a business where it's like, look, this needs to be changed, but we can't do it all at once? Yeah, so the question varies, Sam, and it's an excellent question. But what I would tell you is that's the art of being in the turnaround space uh, versus mm-hmm. the science. There's no math to it. You have to gauge it as you will. I I use the analogy when I'm talking to a business is, hey, it's like when a cancer patient has a tumor. You can't cut the mm-hmm. whole tumor out. They might bleed out, but you've got to yeah. resect parts of it in as much as you possibly can, as fast as you possibly can, so that mm-hmm. you can get this this cancer gone and get the, the patient back to health. So a turnaround from a cost structure standpoint is about the same. The faster you get that cost structure in line, the quicker you're going to need, uh, the less cash you're going to need. So almost always when we do a turnaround, we're putting in $100,000 um, or more to try to shore up the short-term losses. And the faster mm-hmm. we can get that cost structure stabilized, the better. So we want to move as fast as we can without killing the patient. That makes sense. Yeah.
I'll be right back with the rest of my conversation with Mike in just a minute. So the main thing that we do here at One Click Agency, which is my business, is we design websites for business owners just like you. And what we found is that many business owners have a website that looks cluttered, um, it's confusing, or they just don't have a website at all. That's a pretty common one, even in 2020. I know, it's pretty surprising. But here at OneClick, we help you with all of those issues. So we design websites that have a clean and simple look. Um, They have a clear and effective message about your brand so you can show your customers that you're reliable, you're credible, and that you're trustworthy when they search for you online. So if your business doesn't have a website or it's in need of a fresh, new, clean, simple look for 2020, then we want to help you. Visit OneClick Cloud Sites today to get a website for your business. That's the number one, clickcloudsites.com. And you can take your business to the next level and stand out among your competitors. Again, that's oneclickcloudsites.com. And when it comes to the blind spots that you had mentioned before, so we, we kind of touched on the cost. When it comes to those blind spots, uh, you said, look, you need to have mentors around you that are constantly helping you grow. What are some other ways that we can keep an eye out for that? Because that's a big killer when it comes to our businesses. So the other one that I say regularly, Sam, another great question is that when you have a, a big success, that's the time to be on your knees and being thankful. And when you have a big failure, that's the time when you really, really want to be focused on, you know, what am I learning and things like that. But too many times people get success and they start celebrating. So they say, oh, I'm I'm doing really awesome. I had this big win. And they start celebrating and they start to believe their own, um, you know, their own cooking a little bit. They start to think that they're really, that everything they touch turns to gold. And that is the start of the failure. There's a book called... Um, uh, built to last by Jim Collins. And he talks about hubris born of success. So you start to get a little bit arrogant because you've been successful. And then when things start turning because you were successful and because you believe that you were doing really good, you start to have uh, some blind spots related to that. So mm-hmm. your cost structure should tell you the answer to that. The results of your strategy should tell you that. And then just people around you that you can trust should be able to say, hey, I just want to let you know this is happening. In my life, my wife does a really great job of telling me when I'm starting to be too big for my britches. Uh, <laughs> say, hey, get get back to earth here. And that's been really helpful too. That's really cool. So would you say that a business can ever be too far gone, um, whether it's financially or they just have too many blind spots? Can one ever be just way too far down the pipe? So your the answer is got a convoluted answer. So mm-hmm. the if from an investment standpoint, I mean you can fix a lot of businesses. There's some businesses that uh, are in dying industries and they just need to be managed for cash and things like that. If you think yellow pages, right? Eventually you're not going to buy. Tel- no one's going to have telephone books anymore. Yeah. Um, there were Berkshire Hathaway, Warren Buffett's company had clothing, um, manufacturers that no longer exist. So there's some businesses that are just going to go. But from a turnaround standpoint, the big question is if an investor puts in the money to turn this thing around, is there a reasonable rate of return they can expect to make? And if there isn't, 
that's typically a sign that there is some significant changes that need to happen. Um, so my answer is no, but there might be too far gone for an investor to get involved in because okay. there's so much debt or so much uh, structural changes that they just won't be able to make a return on it. Interesting. So when it comes to kind of what you said about the industry being in decline for maybe a, a certain business, um, when would you find is a good time to shift focus? So go a different route, keep the same business and just say, you know, we're going to focus in this area. This area over here just really is is not going to be existent in five to 10 years or maybe even sooner. Um, what would you say to those kind of businesses that they need to make a shift or maybe it's time to get out completely? So um, it depends on the strategy of that particular business owner. And it's, again, uh -huh. an art, not a science. And those situations, mm -hmm. we've had businesses that we managed for cash. So the question that we've always looked at is, okay, if we were to continue down this, this course of business, would we, uh, should we be investing for growth? If not, because it's in a business and we need to shift, well, then should we manage it for cash or should we sell it? That was always the question. In our background check company, we actually decided to manage for cash and we were going to slowly let it, let it go away. But we were going to take distributions. We were going to invest in growth and we we're going to reinvest that in other businesses. So that business, we could not compete long term. The external environment had changed. So we were trying to make some adjustments. So that was a decision that we made. I think that you got to look at the cash flow of your business. You have to look at the growth opportunities in your business compared to other opportunities and then make decisions for yourself. Again, it's an art, not a science on those strategies. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure it absolutely comes with experience and uh, you have a ton in that area. Um, and one of the things I want to ask is if you could say one thing to a small business owner, a medium sized business owner, an entrepreneur that says, look, this is my advice to you. If I can say nothing else, when it comes to running a healthy business, what would that piece of advice be? Well, that is a great question. I think that my number one piece of advice would be to know where you're going and have a thoughtful, purposeful plan on how to get there that you update at a minimum every 90 days. So <clears throat> my big failure, Sam, was I wanted to be an investor. I wanted to own a bunch of businesses. And when I got deeply ingrained in the home service space, I put my head down and I grew that business for seven years or six years without really looking up and saying, am I really becoming what I want to become? And I was a slave mm -hmm. to it. I busted my butt. I worked really hard. I did the 70 hour weeks. And I started to look around and say, gosh, this isn't really where I wanted to be. I really wanted to be an investor. I didn't want to be an operator. I wanted to do financial stuff and turnarounds. I did not want to run a window cleaning business. That wasn't the objective. And it wasn't mm -hmm. bad, but it was not where I wanted to be. So if you have an objective that says, I want to spend more free time with my family and take more vacations, make sure that you have a thoughtful, purposeful plan so that your business is a tool to help you accomplish that. And you're updating that and reviewing it every 90 days not just putting your head down as a small business owner, working your tail off and getting to some place that you may not have wanted to be. That would be my I best love feedback. It. I love it. Can you share um, 
a story about basic a, a business that was in a terrible place. And I'm, I'm asking this because I know that some business owners listening to this, they might be there and they need to know that, look, you can turn it around. So can you share a story about a business that was in a really tough place and because of what you and your team helped them with and helped them implement, they turned it around and now they're thriving. Do you have a story like that? I have uh, a bunch. I don't know which one to tell because I got two really fun ones. Maybe I'll try to make them quick. Uh, we walked into go for both. Yeah, we walked one. We got a call from a friend uh, who's in the technology space that needed a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars in forty-eight hours, or his business was going to shut down because a key vendor wasn't going to uh, send out the, the product that they needed, and they couldn't make payroll. And we had no idea if the business would be successful. We wired a hundred thousand dollars. They met payroll. They, they paid off the vendor. We realized they were still about a hundred thousand dollars short of what they needed. We rose that in the debt markets. Um, and oh, let's see, 14 months later, that company is making $250,000 more than it was, uh, it was losing money when we, when we got involved, but it made 250,000 more than it ever made in the history of the company. The, That's incredible. the second one, uh, we walked into a situation in May of last year, um, a larger company uh, doing about $10 million of revenue. And first day we walked in, we found uh, bank fraud. They had been lying to their bank for their line of credit. So <laughs> we were shy $425,000 on the line of credit. We were overdrawn $425,000. And there was just shy of 300 grand of checks that had been cut but never mailed to vendors because they didn't have the money. So we were deep in the hole. And to make it better, (laughs) Sam, we were losing about $100,000 a month. So really, really ugly situation. Uh, Fast forward, Mm -hmm. that was last May. We're not quite a year into it. Uh, In January, uh, we had a six-figure profit in that business. And we're on pace to hopefully make over seven figures this year. So complete 180 in that scenario. But um, terrible situation that's been completely turned around. And that's just all because of the simple um, things that you and your team, we just talked about it. Uh, you know, your cash flow and then the blind spots. Those You just implemented those and really just saw the turnaround. Yeah, there's a couple other things that go into it, uh, but the very first thing mm-hmm. we did to your, to your, to exactly the way you said the first th- two things. One is we stabilized the cost structure, so we had to make some significant mm-hmm. changes. And the second thing we had to do is what we called getting critical mass around new thinking. So we had to start teaching the team how to think about things in a new way, because mm-hmm. the way that they were thinking about it and was a blind spot for them was causing them to lose a hundred thousand dollars a month. So can I can we close on that? Because that's a really good uh, point. And I was just about to close it. But I want to touch on the what did you call it? It was the the mass. What was Critical that? mass around new thinking? How can we do that with a team? Because let's say we want to implement something new in our business and we have 10, 15, maybe even more employees. How do we implement that without well, really getting them to buy in? So I'll give you uh, a couple of things that we've done. So speaking from my experience, one is that you've got to plant the seed, you've got to water the seed, you've got to let the seed germinate, and eventually you can cut the grass and consider it a full-fledged strategy. 
we don't have, mm -hmm. uh, I don't have core values at any of my companies, which sounds funny, but you can value things. But what I really want is behaviors. You can value money and mm -hmm. do a lot of really bad things to get money. You can value integrity, but not behave that way. So what we've said in our companies is we want to have core behaviors and we are going to, we are going to bring that up three, four, five times a week on uh, group boxes, on emails, things so that we're consistently reminding the team of the core behaviors. So for example, one of our core behaviors when we were going blue skies was we wanted to be plow horses, not show horses. We wanted to be workers, not, mm -hmm. uh, we didn't care if we were the fanciest or the prettiest. We wanted to be the most productive. So in our uh, communication, we would tell every week we'd have this, this guy was being a plow horse. He did this in the company. In their monthly reviews, we only asked three questions. And the first question was, how are you behaving in a way that's consistent with our core behaviors? And what could you do better? So every month we're pulling them back to that new thinking around behaviors. You behave, it, it, your behavior is a result of how you think. So we were consistently and consistently bringing them back to it. So I hope that's helpful. No, that is so good. And uh, Mike, thank you so much for sharing, you know, what it's like to, uh, to spend a day in, in your business and in your shoes when it comes to investing in businesses and turning them around, because I am sure that people are listening to this right now and they might be in that place. And this is a breath of fresh air for them. So can you just share with us where we can find out more about you, uh, about your business, and maybe even get in touch with you. I uh, best way to get a hold of me is redhookinvestments.com. There's a, a, a form there that you can get it, which Jessica will get, and she will connect me with whoever um, reaches out on there. I'm not uh, big on social media or things like that, so I don't have any handles or ways that I'm actively engaged there. So best way is our, our website, which is redhookinvestments.com. I would love it if you left a review about the podcast. Let me know what you learned, what you're going to implement in your business, and what you loved about this talk. Also, if you want to be among the first to know when a new episode comes out, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, and you'll get any new episodes automatically downloaded to your device every single week. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Small Business Made Simple podcast, where we believe a professional-looking website helps you stand out online, it beats the competition, and grows your business. Business.